Hey! Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are, or if you're watching the replay. Uh, welcome to another Trigger Proof Transmission. Now, I didn't ex expect that I would be uh, on, coming on live, having this conversation. It kind of happened spur of the moment after I received an email last night, and it got me thinking all sorts of stuff. Um, and I really, really wanted to address this specific uh, email because it... <laughs> I was caught off guard. Uh, it's not uh, often that I get an email from somebody that really, like, look, I get a lot of DMs, and normally, here, here's, you know, here's what they sound like. Uh, Dr. Nima, I saw your content. Help! With a capital, with, with exclamation marks. Help! You know, I'm, I'm in a narcissistically abusive relationship. Help! When they say help, when all of a sudden, I'm just going to be very transparent with you. Whenever I see that, I go, help, with exclamation marks. It's a huge red flag for me. Because what that implies is that, help, I need a rescuer. Basically, what happens is in the world of relationships, when we're working on healing relationships, often we are stuck in codependent patterns. And when we ask for help, it's not done from an empowered place where there's a fair exchange. Because fair exchange is a weird concept for human beings who are in codependent dynamics. There's usually either super duper entitlement, well, you're supposed to help me. You do these videos and I resonate with your videos, so you should fucking help me. And when we say no to someone, by the way, when you're dealing with cluster B personality types, which, you know, a lot of people who come uh, to our work, a lot of people who come into our work come from, you know, some narcissistic kind of codependent cycles. So, you know, we have to kind of put up boundaries. Not everybody's the right fit. And so when you tell somebody with a cluster B personality type, you tell somebody who has kind of narcissism uh, in their history, you tell them no, just watch how they react. <laughs> they become abusive. How dare you? You should be you should be helping me. What? Because I don't have money, you're not going to help me. It's kind of like there's this unconscious covert ex explanation, uh, the, the, this expectation that oh, you know, you make these great videos. You're like this fucking. <laughs> uh, what's the word I'm I'm looking for? You're like this um, benevolent uh, superhuman being that doesn't have a business and doesn't have expenses and doesn't have a team and doesn't invest a lot of money to put put on these uh, these trainings and publish them no 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 you should you should help me and so about a hundred let's say a hundred people apply to come and and uh, get receive my guidance and receive my training maybe 10% of them are actually genuine genuine Re looking to receive help in that they have this underlying understanding that there's a fair exchange that can only that's the only way that a healthy solid long-term relationship can work which is ironically why they need the assistance in the first place because they don't understand that so we put a lot of boundaries up and i i honestly i get tons of emails and dms each day with people going exclamation mark help help 
And so the red flags go up and within a few kind of moments of asking and prodding and kind of putting up boundaries and barriers, we see that they're not really looking for a fair exchange. They're looking to be rescued and that's not what I do. So uh, the deeper I go in my healing, the better I become able to say no to people. Before I used to say yes to everybody and that's why helpers get burnout, right? And so um, as I become more uh, deeper in my own path, you know, I'm not a guru, I'm not a, uh, you know, uh, an academic or some sort of a published expert on narcissism and narcissistic abuse and abusive relationships. Um, I'm just a dude who's on a path who's connected some major epic dots and learned exactly from a clinical standpoint, from a kind of like a, a grassroots level how to heal from abusive relationships and so the reason why I'm doing this training was because this person I really felt her genuineness in this question and she was even so uh, understanding and I could see that there was a sincere genuine by sincere and genuine kind of uh, seeker was like was was caught wasn't uh enti didn't didn't come across as entitled didn't cr come across as uh like oh my god rescue me there was some level of insight that she was lacking and she genuinely wanted i'm going to read her email to you and i'm going to uh, I was just so inspired. I emailed her back and I said, I'm going to do a Facebook live transmission. She emailed me back. She said, oh my God, I thought you're a bot. Are you a real person? She's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. But yes, I'm a real person with feelings <laughs> who, who, who has a gift to give humanity, but not everybody deserves to receive it. A lot of people um, can receive uh, a lot of my guidance on free YouTube videos, but to get my time and my energy uh, there, we demand fair exchange. And if that bothers you, please just with one or two clicks, you can actually leave my entire universe. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm getting better and better with people not liking me because I choose not to rescue them without a fair exchange. But because your question was so on point, so she said, hi, I watched your YouTube video, Anatomy of a Toxic Relationship which by the way, I highly recommend if you haven't watched it, go ahead on YouTube, Anatomy of a Toxic Relationship, a dissection, where I vulnerably go through my journey through healing from a toxic, codependent, abusive relationship to the place where I'm not a victim. I saw myself as a victim. I saw myself as the perpetrator. I saw myself as the rescuer, all of the above. And I've moved through the other side. And now I've broken that cycle and I have a healthy, secure, it's not perfect. We got into conflict. I mean, that's part of the dance of, of growth. But we now have a secure relationship, secure partnership where we're parents now i have a two-year-old he's almost two at the recording of this and our 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 relationship gets stronger through each conflict conflict doesn't mean shit gets broken in the house or windows or doors get you know whatever this is what me and my ex she was you know i had property damage 
because of her reactivity. I got physically abusive because of my reactivity. We had a abusive dynamic between the two of us. And I was, it's never happened to me before, but in the healing of it, I had to kind of understand why did it happen? How did it happen? What was my part in this? What was her part in it? Not to blame, not to uh, shame, but to really understand. Kind of like if you see a fire that just burnt down your house, you don't go, well, that should never have happened. You actually go in and you investigate. That's what I did. I went and investigated with some, with the goggles of the nervous system, with a lens of the nervous system, so that I could unpack why it happened, how I got there, and how to make sure that it never happens again. Because whether I was with this person or whether I was going to move on to another relationship, I never, ever wanted it to escalate to the point where we were like emotionally or physically even hurting one another. Right? It's going to happen. I've said stuff. She's, my wife has said stuff that's been hurtful, but we're able to address it. And our repair is a lot, you know, I feel safer being able to communicate and have conflict because we know it doesn't escalate. And that wasn't available in my last relationship. And so I share my journey through that. Through It's like a 90-minute training. It's called Anatomy of a Toxic Relationship. I, I highly recommend you watch it. So I really wish I would have watched... Uh, your video sooner because it was a huge eye-opener for me and I might not be in my current situation had I watched it sooner, right? I wish I watched that sooner. <laughs> I wish I watched that training 10 years ago to, to, to learn from myself how I got myself in that situation. But I basically teach people how you got yourself in it, not to, not to lay blame or fault, but to awaken you so that you can choose uh, wiser. So for us to heal this, we have to, well, let me get, let me, let me, let me finish her email. I'll try to keep this brief, but long story short, my husband and I have found ourselves in a toxic, abusive situation after two years of marriage, four years total relationship, and after knowing each other for over a decade. I could find every element you pointed out in your video in our marriage, from the testing each other, to the narcissist abusing the other to see if they really love them, to the codependent blocking the exit so he can't leave. That was what my ex literally barricaded in front of the door when I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. She's like, no, you're not leaving. And so, you know, I had to physically remove her from my path. You know, this is where things get physical, right? Not to blame her or blame myself, but just to understand. Um, every element has been present in our marriage in one way or the other for the past eight months. It got to the point that I moved out of our apartment a week ago. It's all fresh, very fresh. Um, a week ago and I'm now living with a family friend. I believe this was the only way to help us both get clarity in our relationship and break our cycle of abuse, but now I'm afraid I've crossed a point of no return and now, now our marriage is doomed to fail since I ran away. Okay? So it's like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have run away. I should have just stayed there in that toxic situation. First thing that I just wanted to point out interesting I love my husband with all my heart and I want our marriage to prevail I recognize the role I've played in getting us to this point very uh, very mature enough for you to own your part you know the, the, the there's a class of third and fourth wave feminists the radical feminists who are like no it's just I'm blameless and it's only the other person's fault but this shows not that you're 
excuse me, not that you're taking the blame, but you're owning 100% of your 50%. You're, you're now thinking in a way which is going to help you prevent this from happening again. If you are in a position of, I'm the blameless victim, then there's a good chance that you're going to go through this cycle again because the lesson is repeated until it's learned. My ex had had this happen to her several times, whereas in my case, this is the first time I ever got physically violent in my last relationship, uh, in my relationship. But with her, it happened again and again and again. There's something to be said about that. It's, it's, we're talking in terms of a relationship is an energetic dynamic between two people, not fault and I'm not abdicating my responsibility. I take full ownership of how I showed up. I'm just saying I'm also wise to understand how a relational, how the dance goes. It's a dance between two highly wounded souls. Um, I see where I've been the co- I, I recognize the role I've played in getting us to this point. I see where I've been the codependent one who created the push-pull dynamic. I see where I have also brought abusiveness into our marriage. I see that it isn't just him, but both of us who brought us here. What I'm really curious to know is, have you seen couples in marriages survive this? Have you seen couples break this cycle and be able to return to their partner? Or do most people who find themselves in these cycles typically have to end their current relationship and find another partner? I really appreciate any advice you could give me on the matter. And this is what she says that really touched me. She said, if you have a Patreon or another way for me to support you and your organization financially, I would be happy to make a contribution for your time since I know you probably get a lot of emails asking for advice. Thank you for taking the time to read my email. That's rare. Most people, first I want to tell you, just thank you for actually thinking that. And no, um, I don't expect any uh, payment from you for this. Uh, but if you would like to donate to a charity of your choosing, please go ahead and do that in honor of this. I, I highly uh, just want to say thank you. That demonstrates to me your sincerity and that you're, you don't feel entitled. Entitlement is one of the red flags that I, we look for. That's a big red flag of I'm not wanting to work with this person. And in the world of uh, relation, toxic relationship dynamics, there is probably about 80% entitlement rate with the people who DM me. Can you just, can you just get on a call with me? Entitlement is one of the um, red flags of narcissism. And so this is certain people uh, just not a right fit because, you know, the deeper I go with my own healing, the more boundaries I put around my energy. So I really feel inspired to share this. Number one, what I wanted to share is to answer this question, I wanted to invite you to understand, you know, it's really about finding the right question. The question you're asking is, is very sincere. It's like, this is where we are. Can we really heal from that? Can we save the marriage? Or if it got abusive like this, is it over? That's the wrong question. Because you do not want to save that marriage. You're, you're now moved into your friend's place it's only a week right the last thing you the last thing that we would want is to save a marriage like that so in order for you to 
the real question you want to ask is, what outcome do I want? Okay? When you have this question, can we save this marriage or are we doomed? Your first question, my invitation for anybody who can relate to this is to ask this question, what outcome do I want? Well, I want a healthy, secure relationship where when we get into conflict, we're able to self-regulate and we're able to co-regulate with one another. We have the skills to be able to autonomically regulate ourselves. We have the skills to be able to communicate with empathy towards what each other wants and to be able to grow through conflict, not to, not to fall apart and hurt one another through conflict. Now, some people, sometimes I'll get, when people ask me questions, I'm like, so what's the outcome you want? And then they look at me like, uh, or they just tell their story, and then I go, so do you have a question? They're like, I suppose I don't even know what my question is. Because our inability to regulate our autonomic nervous system, we are in such a fight-or-flight state, which I use my little tools here to show you. I'm in sympathetic fight-or-flight state. My brain isn't working to understand what outcome. But to heal, we must activate our prefrontal cortex to, to come up with a solution. Should I stay? Should I go? The answer won't come when you're in sympathetic. When you're in sympathetic, you're running or you're fighting. Or when you're what, what we call dorsal, that autonomic nervous system goes into shutdown. When we check out, we can't feel anything. So from those places of autonomic protection, our nervous systems are in protection mode. We can't make rational decisions. Our decisions are based on fear rather than love. Any decision that you've ever made that's based on fear, you've regretted. Any decision, even though it was difficult in your life, that you made it that was based on love, you could acknowledge that it was difficult, but you never regretted it. So, to answer, this is a really complicated question. The answer is you do not want to save that marriage. You want to create an outcome of an entirely new relationship. And your job is to completely go all in with that relationship where you feel, number one, you feel safe with yourself. You feel safe with one another. You have the ability to communicate back and forth. Hold on one second. I'm just going to, I have a call here. I'm going to move uh, Jeff, can we push back? All right. Sorry, I just had to move my, my next call. Sometimes I get into flow and I don't want to get interrupted and I can't predict how long these are because I don't script them. I just take a few notes and I kind of gather my thoughts together and then I answer your question as though I'm your big brother. Okay, so I just wanted to, to, to kind of uh, t t hit a pause and really qualify what I'm saying because you might not have ever met me before. Who the fuck is this guy talking? I'm not, an, I'm not like a marriage counselor. I'm not an expert in um, narcissistic abuse. I've written no papers and journals. I'm not an academic or a scholar in this. I'm a chiropractor and uh, by training and two years ago or five, six years ago, I had this vision that everybody was coming in with stress-related problems to my practice. And I was helping them structurally, but I wasn't dealing with the root cause of what their problem was. And as I delved deeper 
I realized that stress is the issue that's bringing them in. And as I went through my own experiences with uh, divorce in 2012 and a string of about eight or nine failed relationships later, each one of them becoming just a little bit more amplified in toxicity until my last relationship with my former partner where things got abusive and the police were involved and it was like, whoa. Um, it was a wake-up call for me to realize, okay, so what's going on? What just happened? And the, the revelations that I had from that experience, I hit the pause button in trying to help and rescue other people because my superpower was into tuning into other people and helping them with their problems, but that was kind of part of my rescuer role. I stopped identifying, I stopped hiding behind that identity of Dr. Nima, who was this amazing sage on the stage who can entertain with with you know rap songs and dancing and entertaining people and all that and i realized that was just a kind of a mask that i was putting on to hide from my ins insecurities and my insecurities really showed up in my relationship uh in my relationship patterns where i was the avoidant and so after my last relationship i put a pause on and i didn't work i didn't distract myself with anything for about six months and i realized what the root cause of the root cause of the root cause was for all of our relationship patterns all of our codependencies and the root cause of the root cause i know this sounds really you know um kind of simplified and kind of like oh fuck, are you serious is it that serious? is that we don't love ourselves. I didn't love myself. I didn't love myself enough to choose a partner uh, based on um, truly seeing her and loving her. It was based on a transaction of what we could give one another, right? Because that's how love was done to me. And so the little boy inside of me who was felt like uh, I wasn't, you know, good enough or um, worthy would hide behind success and uh, insecure attachments with codependent partners so that I could validate myself, right? And so I found myself in that cycle. And then with the, the this abusiveness came up, I just had to really unpack and kind of like go in and go, where does it all come from? How did it happen? And if I can figure this out, can I then create a healthy relationship? And if I can do that, I want to change the world with it. So I left my chiropractic practice and I created the Cycle Breakers Collective, the Cycle Breakers Portal, the Cycle Breakers Community, and the concept of trigger proof. I realized that no matter how much I was being activated and provoked, that my reaction was my responsibility that I was messable with even though I could argue that this person was mentally ill and was provoking and threatening me and I could justify my reactions to completely having my identity my business my reputation threatened on an ongoing basis you know kind of like Johnny Depp and uh, Amber Heard um, I had to take ownership of why I was so easily messable with, right? And so what causes somebody to become abusive? And I realized that this whole cycle, basically it starts with the, it starts before you guys even meet one another. And it's called a trauma bond.
A trauma bond is our compulsion to repeat this unconscious pattern from childhood, which has us looking for love in the form of a mother that wasn't available for us. And so the narcissist and the codependent role, which then create a spectrum all the way to narcissistic personality disorder, which is all a response to trauma, which is a spectrum from codependent all the way to borderline personality disorder. This is a spectrum of, of wounding, of trauma that starts in childhood with a child not really given permission to emerge and individuate as their own healthy sense of self with a parent who is stuck in their own narcissistic codependent cycle. So the codependent mother, the codependent wife, classic example, the mom who's codependent to a narcissistic father or vice versa, becomes the narcissistic mother who doesn't have the ability to see and feel and attune to the emotional needs of a child. And the child ends up with this wound where this deep need to connect with the mother, you know, it's like essentially, it's a matrix. The matrix means wound, womb, right? So it's like the movie, The Matrix, where deep down, this deep wound from mother becomes what we actively seek to replenish, to, 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 to fill that void with another person. So now you get into this role where the first phase of this role of the kind of narcissistically abusive type of relationship is this kind of bait. It's kind of like you strike a deal. The narcissist strikes a deal with the codependent. Both of them, neither of them love themselves. Both come from the same wound. Narcissism is a solution to the wound of not feeling seen by mother by creating this false sense of grandiosity. Codependency is the opposite solution to not feeling seen is that I'm going to merge, I'm going to uh, uh, bend whoever I am and put whatever mask I can to be seen and heard and loved by this other person usually. And so the narcissist and the codependent are a perfect twisted dance for one another. Okay, so this is where it begins. If you wanna end the cycle, you gotta go back to where it begins. It begins with a wounded child meeting another wounded child with the perfect kind of complementary wound. And so what happens is there's a covert contract that's made between the narcissist and the codependent. The narcissist begins with the love bombing. In that, in that space is you're the best, you're the greatest, you're so beautiful. I've never met anybody like you. And in that moment, the codependent who deep down doesn't never felt seen, never felt heard, never felt loved by mother the way she deserved, all of a sudden feels a sense of unconditional love that she didn't receive from mother through the gaze of the narcissist. Okay, so what's happening is like, oh my God, I felt hopelessly in love. I'm so in love with this other person. You're actually in love with the idealized version of yourself. Consider the possibility it's not them that you've fallen in love with. It's the idealized version of yourself through the gaze of that other person. Essentially, they turn you into a narcissist. 
Oh my gosh, it's kind of like what Professor Sam Vaknin calls the Hall of Mirrors. Oh my God, I've fallen in love with the idealized version of, of myself. Because it's like if I, and it's kind of like a co-pedestalization. Because the higher that I can place you, that person, the more sexy they are, the more beautiful, the more unbelievable they are, it means that I am too. So it's kind of like this covert contract of, I'm going to love you like your mother never did. And in return, here's the contract. You're going to love me like my mother never did. And I'm going to prove, you're going to prove to me that you love me by me becoming abusive to you. Because a true mother will never leave her child, regardless of how, uh, a true loving mother would never leave her child regardless of how badly he behaves. So the abuse or the devaluation, abuse meaning kind of like a devaluing you, emotionally putting you down, cutting you down, that kind of thing, is an attempt for the narcissist who didn't properly individuate from his mother. Still stuck. This is reason really what's happening is both of you are still seeking for the womb, safety in the womb. That's really the root cause of this toxic dynamic. You don't know it. You're just seeing it. Oh my God, I'm addicted to the other person. No, you're not. It's got nothing to do with the other person. It's that the safety and the mother, it's kind of like a dual mothership. Dual mothering is that you're going to be the mother that I never had. And in exchange, I'm going to be the mother that you, I'm going to be the mother that you never had. And in exchange, you're going to be the mother that I never had so that I can fulfill this fantasy one day whatever fantasy it is it really comes back to my the real fantasy is going back into the womb when all your needs were met where you felt totally safe and nestled into unconditional love and you were fed without any effort you didn't have any you know uh, confrontation you didn't have uh, to deal with not feeling love it was just this cocoon that you were bathed in unconditional love that's the matrix the womb you know, which is very parallel with the movie The Matrix. And so to heal from toxic, abusive relationships, you ask the question, is a marriage salvageable? You don't want to return. What you're looking for is to return back to the womb. And if you do, because you're only a week out, what I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not saying because I'm kind of cutting you down, you're going to want to go back in. You're out. You're living for a week, but what you're secretly doing is hoping that he's going to come back to you, begging for you back, which he will because after, cause you're his mother and he's your mother. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to leave my mother. And so th this is why it's so addictive. And so people who go, girl, he's a narcissist, run. God, stay away, stay far away, run the other way. What are you doing with this person? That's why when you see somebody else, going through it and you're taking them out for coffee, you're face palming going, God, you can easily give the other person advice because you're not emotionally engaged to the whole conversation and the whole dynamic. But when you're in it, it's highly addictive. Why? Because once you go through that cycle of abuse where there's love bombing, then the tensions build and the devaluation and the discard happens. You have the incident, right? And the, the, the tension builds, the incident happens because deep down inside, the narcissist badly wants to individuate from his mother. This is why I remember when I got married, 
the first time I knew on my wedding day that I was going to eventually leave. It's so weird. I was kind of freaked out by it. But now I understand why. Because narcissism happens because of an in inability to separate and individuate from mother at the age of two, from a narcissistic mother. It's a form of trauma. So that's what I went through. I went through a trauma at the age of two. Right? I was really had a uh, blockage in separation individuation. I had a separation trauma at the age of two. And so that was where my core wound is. Every time you have a narcissistic wounding, you get you regress to an infantile state in relationships. That's why you could, that's why the clients that come to us are like, man, I'm a CEO, I'm a badass at work. But in relationships, I turn into a needy little kid. Hello? exactly why it happens it's it's neurological it's neurobiological there's nothing wrong with you it's just unresolved trauma so what ends up happening is we go through this little dance where the narcissist in the in the role these are just roles okay and the borderline codependent is the other role right i'm not labeling people i'm just seeing these are the roles and you can heal from this depending on how far you've gone you know, how much trauma you've had, how much work you're, and how committed you are in getting the right guidance, you can actually come back into balance, right? You can. You know, you'll always have those parts to you, but you're able to work with them. You're able to manage them, have healthy relationships again, you know, or again, or for the first, first time, because I never was able to before I did the work. So essentially what you're asking in your email is, can this be salvageable? And the answer is no. Like, if when you go back without doing the work, you will not, you will repeat, guaranteed you will repeat the pattern. It's been a week. As his abandonment wounds come up, he's, his, this fear of abandonment comes up. He's, as the narcissist, he's going to come back love bombing again flowers i'm so sorry it's never going to happen again i'm oh you're the best thing and then you're it's going to trigger your the narcissist inside of you and you're going to be like oh thank god i can return home to mom that's really what's your neurobiology is saying even though you're like oh my god we're going to make this work i promise i'll never happen again it's kind of like you know you, you, you you're <laughs> it's it's like a mother who spanks her kids and loses it and and gets violent with the kid and goes oh my god i can't believe i did that i promise i'll never do that again well of course rationality you know after you've passed after the feelings have passed and your nervous system is back down to safety um you easily just say that but in the moment of activation when you go into fight or flight and you trigger his abandonment wound or he triggers yours and you regress to that infantile state you now have two children and two children you've seen them play on the sandbox they hit one another this is what happens they become you become like children it's not a conscious thing you will it will happen again without the work the the real question is is the real question you want to ask is you know do I really want to return to that marriage, that level of marriage? And of course you don't. What's the outcome that you want? I want a healthy, secure relationship. So to really answer your question, in order to have that secure relationship, you're going to have to do something that's pretty much mission impossible. Many of the experts say it's literally impossible. And 
it is impossible i would think it's impossible to do alone it's to give up the old relationship in service of this new one to be more committed to the secure relationship rather than you are that specific person that's not easy to do but this has become my specialty have we been able to help people absolutely but it took one person to basically go okay they're not willing to do the work i'm doing this for me you got to look at this as two unhealthy people you're like oh should we do the work together most codependents will dm me and go oh my gosh but uh, what if he doesn't want to do it and then i go okay look pretend like you are two human beings who are unhealthy let's say you're both 300 pounds overweight and you know that it's bringing you into your life is in danger by the way with trauma bonds in a lot of cases lives get lost because of it people get sick or suicide or physically harming one another it happens so i really want you to get this is a life or death thing and if you have kids holy shit this is exactly how it passes on to the next generation you to make, make damn sure that you prioritize healing this unless you want it to pass down i mean look at your life look at what the safety in the container of your family system was like see the codependency of your parents guess what guess where you learned it so it's not your fault and it's not even your parents fault so we got to remove the whole fault and blame conversation and pointing fingers and throw that out the window which is what i appreciated most about your email because most especially in the radical kind of feminist type of movement with the me too stuff which is it's it's just all about just there's only one victim and that's the woman the, the woman is blameless, and but this isn't to blame the victim. This is to say both parties have a responsibility. Not fault, not blame, but let's take ownership to heal. Why? Because we want the outcome to be a secure relationship. So you got to look at it as two unhealthy people who are both, let's say, 300 pounds overweight. My question to you is, do you need him or her if you're on the other her him or her to lose the weight for you to take on the work of losing the weight is it is it conditional or dependent on them well no i want them to do the work too well if you are 300 pounds overweight what's the best way to in, to, to get somebody to do to do their work is you lose the weight and you become a healthy individual and inspire because a rising tide lifts all boats and if you take on the healing work, which involves you really looking to individuate from your mother. So can you can the marriage be safe? Can you have a secure relationship? Not until you individuate from your mother. Not until you work at becoming a whole healthy human, which has got nothing to do with your partner, and realize the trauma bonding that this dynamic is repeating from your childhood. This is a familiar pattern. You are in a dance that isn't new. You are repeating compulsively, unconsciously, a, a, a dynamic that's very familiar from childhood. It's familiar, even though it's painful. If that's all you feel you deserve or that's all that was modeled to you, then you're going to keep going back for more. You know, you're going to keep going back. People say, why, 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 why couldn't I leave? Why couldn't I leave this person? They're so bad for me. Is it Stockholm Syndrome? And it's, it's a trauma bond. 
you know a, a a child doesn't leave their mother you know they i remember johnny depp was asked that when his trial is like why didn't you leave and he, his response was well my dad didn't well his dad was in a trauma bond too but the the answer is you don't leave your mother there's an incredible amount of guilt involved in leaving it's like oh my gosh because there's two parts a you don't leave your mother and second you see the child inside of them and you feel guilty but for hurting them so it evokes guilt and shame right is a double whammy so you have a you you have a grief of a child that you're 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 abandoning and then the grief of losing a mother all over again so that that's why people who um that's why people who um say uh fuck just leave god why are you stupid or uh, they don't get the very toxic alluring toxically alluring and highly addictive nature of re returning back to that person which you will it's only been a week guaranteed if you don't have the right guidance you will want to return right it's like i'm an independent woman i'm doing amazing i'm just i'm 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 going to take a stand and i'm moving forward and every step that you move forward it's kind of like you're losing a part of yourself there's a, a ma huge amount of despair to break a trauma bond people die when they try to break a trauma it's not easy you will go back that's why people go back three four five six seven times and you know because it's kind of like you it's your old identity you don't know who you are outside of that identity right so can it heal can can the marriage be salvaged do not ask that question you do not want that marriage to be salvaged if you want that healthy relationship you got to ask the question who do i have to become well, i got to i got to be the type of person who's not going to who who completely is compassionate towards themselves and understanding towards the other person but not available for anything other than being treated with respect the same respect that you're treating you right and that's when we become magnetic so when you step up and say to hell with that other person if they're going to do the work or not i'm going to heal what this is all about one of two things are going to happen you will rise you will ascend which is scary to the codependent that's why you know many people i know that there's several people watching who've been following who know what they have to do but they're afraid to do the work one of my patients one of my clients actually she was very honest she goes i know what i have to do but i know that if i do the work i'm going to lose them oh really how do you know that i just know that i'm going to outgrow him and i'm terrified so i'm just not going to do it i'm like shit that was honest it's sad for me to hear that's like saying i'm 300 pounds overweight and i know that if i lose weight i'm going to want to move on so i'm just going to stay where i'm at and i'm like geez that's a trauma bond for you hey we are bonded to our trauma right and so those people can't rescue them they're looking to be rescued and they're just going to keep that this work is for people who are like all right for my child this is a, a big one this is for my kid this is I, I wouldn't do it for me but i don't want my kid to go through the same thing i'm ready to become a cycle breaker because this break this didn't start with me but it can end with me and i'm gonna lose the weight emotionally this figure figure of speech i'm gonna heal from my bonds to that unres those unresolved attachment wounds I'm going to do it. And in so doing, one of two things will happen. You will rise. You will ascend. And that person, 
will do one of two things. They will realize, like in one of our clients, Pamela, in one of those cases was like, holy shit, I'm going to lose this person. I'm going to get my act together and actually do their work. And she held her ground. She didn't, because there's one, there, you know, it's an easy manipulation for the for him to go. Oh, baby, I'm gonna I'm gonna get therapy. I'm gonna go to a counselor to fix this, right? And you're like, oh, he's getting counseling. I'm gonna move back in. Classic mistake. Because when you truly do the work, you get to a place where you say, oh, I'm not going to, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take anything. Uh, Hold on. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast, designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less, it means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. I'm not going to take anything other than this, how you treat me, uh, how you're treating me. I'm not going to take anything up below here. And I got to see this, 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 and this, and uh, you got to learn this skills. And so the only way that you could salvage the uh, salvage, uh, a secure relationship in, in general is to salvage the relationship with you. You've abandoned yourself. You have conditioned to abandon, you've been conditioned to abandon yourself. So chances are you're going to do it again, maybe a few more cycles before the wake up call happens, where you're like, that's it. I'm not going to, I'm going to heal what this is really about. One of two things will happen. He will either rise to join you or he's going to fall away. And then you will meet somebody who's at your level. And that's terrifying you're going to have to go through various stages. You're going to have to go through grief. This is why people don't leave trauma bonds because the grief of losing the mother, this person they idealize that they're looking for, that, that love bombing person that they finally love themselves through, the, that treated them the way the mother never did. I'm just chasing the dragon again. I'm chasing that high, you know? You have to grieve the loss of that fantasy. And that is like losing your mother. It's like, and then there's the grieving, the loss of yourself. You know, who, who am I? Because you're going to grieve. You're like, my whole identity was involved in being a slave to this cult called this relationship. Leaving that cult 
which we help people leave cults too. It's fucking, it's traumatic. This person is now, who am I? So you're grieving the loss of yourself. So despair is an actual necessary part of breaking the trauma bond. So when we work with people and they first start going through the process, the first six weeks of it, they actually feel worse. They're like, what the fuck? I came into this to feel better. I actually feel worse. But what they don't realize is the grieving and the despair is like a, like a junkie. You're a junkie that's kind of detoxing from a heroin addiction. And what happens to a, to a junkie who's detoxing? They feel worse initially. Healing from a trauma bond is exactly the same as recovery from an addiction. That's why to think that you can do this on your own or to think that you can do this through talk therapy is a fantasy. You've got to commit wholeheartedly to rescuing yourself. And you've got to embrace the grief of losing your mother that you thought that this person was. The grief uh, and the shame and the guilt, oh my God, of leaving this poor wounded child that you have such a bleeding heart for because, oh, you see the wounded part in him and I just gonna go rescue him. So you're, it's a double grief, double grieving, losing a child and losing a mother at the same time, right? And then there's a despair with that and then there is an overcoming the narcissistic supply that they gave you, the validation, the sexual validation. My friend, this is, this is not an easy task, but I did it. <laughs> I did it. I went through all of it, the grief, the despair, and it takes one real important trait, that which we're looking for in the students that, that are coming into our Cycle Breakers program is humility. It's one thing very lacking because our narcissistic grandiose self is, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really amazed. I've done all this work. I've done, like, we hear this, we see the applications and we see the red flags and we're like, nope, nope, nope. We're looking for the sincere ones who are truly ready to break free, to break that cycle and then create secure relationships, sometimes with the partners that they were able to let go of in service of that vision. They rose up to meet them. And sometimes that person was let go, but we let go with an open heart. You're not reactively letting go because that's not a genuine letting go if you're doing it reactively. But to truly say, I'm ready to let go of the old self, of the old self, of the old relationship to go after this unknown. And that's the scariest part because we want to hold on. And when we're holding on, we can't receive. And so the only way that you're going to be able to have a healthy relate that I was able to have a healthy relationship is by letting go of what I was holding on to. And when I let go, my hands were open and I received a beautiful, secure, healthy relationship. I want to say thank you for you to, for, for you, for being so brave to send me that email. Um, hopefully this was helpful. Can it be salvaged? The answer is you don't want that relationship to be salvaged. Can you be salvaged is the question. Can you find a, 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 
your authentic self. This is a spiritual hero's journey. So you really want to make sure that you're not going it alone. You must have a guide who knows what the fuck they're talking about, who isn't just going to sit there and listen to your victim story and validate your victim story and say, oh, poor you, you're the victim of narcissistic abuse. Of course, it's important that you get your story validated and understood, but now what? If you're still two years going to the same support groups of victims, narcissistic abuse support group, and you're still being peddled that shit, you are now being poisoned by covert narcissists, keeping you stuck in victimhood. And my invitation for you is to go beyond victim into, into an, a, beyond the survivor label. Okay, go from survivor to thriver to, okay, it didn't happen to me, it happened through me. I'm above, I've transcended it. I love myself, I love who I've become. I have purpose now. I let go of that old relationship in service of receiving a healthy one. Let me know what came up for you in this share. I'm going to do more uh, transmissions on this. What came up for you? Share. Send me a DM. Uh, if you're ready, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna put a link down there. There's an application. Now we've gotten really good. Um, there's three three things that we look for. Uh, in people who are ready to be cycle breakers and receive my guidance in it, helping people through. Um, uh, there's three yeses that I look for now because we can't help everybody. It's a certain type of person and many applications are denied. Number one, are you ready to be a cycle breaker? Because this didn't start with you. Um, uh, my friend who who wrote this this the email to me, it didn't start with you. It's not your fault. It's no one to blame here. Right? At first you blame them, then you blame yourself, and then you, when you really do the work, you realize there's no, no blame. It's just a cycle I found myself in. I'm ready to be a cycle breaker. Step one, are you ready to be a cycle breaker regardless if it's with me or you're being guided or you by somebody else? Doesn't matter. That's what I look for is that they're really seeking to become a cycle breaker, number one. Number two, are you wanting to be guided by me? If those two are a yes... Then number three, are you important enough as your own child to invest in high quality training, to invest in yourself, to put the resources together, to make yourself a priority? Because most of the people in that codependent stage are like, help! And I'm like, okay, great, let's do the training. Oh, let me ask my husband. It's like, oh, there is so much disempowerment. They're, they don't have a job. They don't have any savings. They don't have a career of their own. They're completely in a place of disempowerment. They're looking to be rescued. What's going to happen is you're just going to go from one codependent relationship to the other. You got to have some level of resources, inner or outer, and resilience to be able to handle this level of work because you're going to have to go through – you have to be humble enough to receive guidance. You got to be resilient enough to – acknowledge that this is going to be a lot of grief and pain and number three that you're willing to surrender to the fact that when you start walking away you're going to feel like you're losing an arm and it's going to feel like despair you're literally but on the other side of that is a true strong self-loving individual who has a purpose in their lives and i'm telling you from going through the process it's not pretty the first four to six weeks but you don't have to do it alone but nobody can do it for you. My invitation, if those three are yeses, 
send me a DM. Tell me your backstory. I'll send you a link, and we'll see you at the next perfect time.